0: See, the fade in Dean. Oh, man, it just even cut. Like, are you kidding me? That's good. This is what happens when I'm trying to use the keyboard for stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to impromptu Den of Lore. If you're joining us, it is the 21st of September. For all of you who are out there, just to give you a heads up, we're not going to be running too late. I don't think this will be too late of a show. Um, But, you know, at least we've got some good times. This Friday, we will be off, which is why we're doing this at 1130 on a Wednesday uh, with my work schedule. Hey, I take the time I can get and find. And I've got a very uh, lovely person on the line with me today, uh, Mr. William Pullen, who is one of the world's top UFO historians and an expert on the UFO subculture. And his knowledge of UFOs uh, spans the last 30 years and is versed uh, in the many key events, dates, and and people's involved, uh, as well as even in the events themselves, as well as ufology as a whole. Uh, now, the reason uh, that I'm doing this show, and I'm, I kind of promised everyone I'd be going live about an hour and a half ago, but when has this show ever started on time? <laughs> and, well, because again, uh, and William, you're with me here, and I know that you you witnessed this. So uh, earlier today, actually, it was pretty much this morning. I um, uh, noticed that, uh, you know, friend of the show or kind of ex-friend of the show, current friend of the show, uh, uh, Ryan Sprague of, uh, uh, well, uh, he had posted in his show's uh, forum uh, questions for uh, Jeremy Corbyn, who is, I believe, the director and producer of of the upcoming Bob Lazar movie. Uh, Now, uh, I I bust Jeremy's balls on on a constant basis. Um, I, I appreciate <laughs> him as a cinematographer. I just, well, <laughs> just anything personally to me surrounding the Bob Lazar story, it's like, you believe this? Has he shown you any proof? No? Then why do you believe him? Oh, he sounds compelling. Yeah, you know, the people lie, right? And that's generally my, my, uh, line of thinking and, and you know, individuals, uh, who are very learned uh, in the field and, and, you know, who have been around a while, uh, such as, uh, uh, Mr. Friedman, who has been on the show, pretty well has picked his story apart and has picked his story apart multiple times over. Uh, And he makes a very good point, which is, well, he he hasn't been telling the truth. Um, Now, the main incident that had started with me posting two questions uh, for an upcoming uh, show of Ryan's, uh, which was, first of all, uh, if you were doing this movie, Jeremy, why are you doing it based on... Uh, one side of the story you know are are you is it being done to pocket the uh, align the pockets of bob lazar and george knapp which uh you know if any any history would show these gentlemen have been fairly good with milking the story since the late 1980s so i think that's a pretty pertinent question uh the second one being uh, did you know that the topography for the supposed s4 site does not actually exist of course, this is because Bob Lazar made up the entire story and where he said uh, that the research facility that he uh, reverse engineered a UFO, uh, there's no mountain range. There's there's nothing there. It's just flat land. Uh, again, this is also coming from the guy whom could not even describe the cafeteria at Area 51, let alone uh, make any substantive claims <laughs> towards the UFOs he was supposedly working on. Now, yeah. my, my first question was deleted outright and we were told that anything goes i took a little bit of exception to this because it's like okay you deleted my question (laughs) uh ryan what are you doing and i pretty much i called him a sellout and then he well blocked me first of all he didn't block me right away i left the group because as much as i i love ryan I i have nothing personal against him whatsoever um uh, I, but I left because uh, I <laughs> I I can't stand UFO cultists anymore. Uh, there is a certain believability to the phenomena, and I do believe that the phenomena exists to a certain extent. There's something going on, um, yeah. but the bol- pop culture is truth thing that has been pushed down our throats since you know I was a kid. It's it's made up to sell books and and TV shows. Uh, it's basically pro wrestling sorry guys that's that's what i've learned from my two years doing podcasting and ufos it's a business and some people are trying to well make it in the business jeremy being one of them ryan being another one they work with other people to do the exact same thing they're trying to further their careers by working together and hey you know what we've done the exact same thing on this show so i can't really blame them for that my main thing is integrity and there was a certain amount of lacking of integrity in my eyes uh so, you know, Ryan and I had a little of a talk, and we kind of worked things out. Now, I'm going to say this much. Uh, Ryan, if you want to come on the show, you can come on the show, and, and we, we can we can talk shop, we can talk business. I've been asking you to come on here for a year just because I'd like to pick your brain. Now, uh, I'm not going to be a dick if you do. I think it'd be a lot of fun, personally. Uh, and also because, you know, you say you respect the heck out of me all, all the time, and I, I respect the heck out of you because you, you built a pretty good show. So... I'm going to give you that uh, that welcome, that invitation, which is open. Uh, hopefully, before the end of the new year, or before the end of this year, before the new year, or even into the new year. Pretty much, if you got time free, uh, well, I, I got a I got a camera, I got an internet connection. We can make this happen. And for Jeremy, um, I think you're a good cinematographer. But dude, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah (laughs) now speaking and i did i did say that for trying okay well i'm gonna give you uh you know i'm gonna give you guys a little bit of a plug for causing so much trouble now this is me being a nice guy because there were some personal attacks that were made and trust me i don't forget that there were no screenshots but i do have some screenshots (laughs) just to give you guys a heads up on that um so if you're going to make personal attacks against me, anybody who's out there, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a troll. I'm just a cynic. It's because I've seen the underside of the, the business, and here, here's basically ufology. You have con men on one hand, and you've got potential sex trafficker cult leaders on the other. That's ufology. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want the fame. I don't want to be involved. I just want to talk gardening tomatoes, you know, at least here in Canada, you know, tomatoes. Um. And have some fun. And it, it, it make this make this thing fun again. But if you want to call me a troll, no. Because I'm the guy who speaks the truth when no one else will. And the thing is that I don't care what anybody thinks about me. And I'm not looking for fame. <laughs> Which makes me very dangerous for people who are running those scams or running those cults. And I could potentially lose a lot of money. And to those people, yeah, I'm always going to be here. And, you know, I guess it's kind of one of the reasons why I've, I've got this. The, I'm in the running right now for the... Most hated man in UFOs new ufology, which you yourself have, have said, yeah, that's possible. Um,
1: Possibly, yeah.
0: now. Now that we've done the intro and I've gotten the bad stuff out of the way, uh, <laughs> William, it's it's good to have you on the show uh, finally. Um, for, you know, alone because I, I know that we usually have you on uh, with uh, Earl Gray, as well as uh, Rocky and Michael Huntington um yes and I, I know that uh earl he's uh, dealing with the fires out in california potentially yeah. well so you know uh, for anybody who's out in california my thoughts and prayers go out to you i know it's stupid and cliche but i'm in ottawa canada which is all the way across the continent if i could be out there and help you guys i i could <laughs> i can't even leave my office half the time unfortunately um and i know michael he's uh traveling as well as i think rocky well he's in the west the West Coast. So maybe Rocky may, may join us.
1: Uh, he might, yeah.
0: Oh, possibly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But still, I want to be able to pick your brain because there is very few people I know, I should say, that I know and also trust to be able to, to give me the straight deal and not sugarcoat on exactly what is going on. Because, you know, Jeremy, I, I, I think the this, this subject is absolutely stupid and you've made a movie out of it. So, you know, I'm going to give you a plug. You've got a premiere coming up. It's me being a nice guy, uh, which is out in LA, I believe it might be in, I forget exactly where it is. So he's got a premiere coming up. Um, I may give it more than one half a star that I promised you. Just, you know, I, I've been saying, it's, You're a it's, it's man. well, de- depending on his, his, uh, uh, shill level, you know, if the, sh- when the shill level goes up, the, the stars drop in terms of their rating, but uh, that's me just being funny, smart, a smart ass, it's me being a smart ass, but he has a premiere coming up. Uh go check it out, make up your own minds by all means so <laughs> bob lazar it's a story that's been told multiple times over by Lazar by nap, by many other people around him. Uh, you being one of the guys whom has researched and and seen uh the cascade effect outward in terms of popular culture in terms of the subculture what what is your what, you know what is the pull and take? On Bob Lazar uh,
1: I when it comes down to it I still think it's just a story it basically broke in the late 80s when nap and he still has that same Los Angeles or Los Angeles uh, Las Vegas TV station broke this story about this guy who worked at area 51 which is nearby Las Vegas and I've been waiting all these decades for some solid uh, cooperating evidence to appear magically out of some somewhere in the community and hasn't, hasn't, uh, that hasn't transpired. Um, it's still been strictly Bob Lazar's testimony, his story. Um, so the story exploded out of nowhere, seemingly. And, uh, I can't, for the life of me, I can't recall any other UFO story case slash scenario that has been so widely accepted as truth, widely accepted as being grounded in reality, um, without a even a smidgen of physical evidence, or even I would even I, I would even accept two or three other lines of evidence, some other individual that might give some testimony that might have worked there and could cooperate was our testimony on some level, and that's still not physical, but it would at least add something to the story, but. That
0: hasn't transpired either. Um. Now, uh, uh, Ray in, in YouTube chat is is uh, mentioning that he was given huge blocks of time on unsolved mysteries. Uh, this was well before my time. I, I was a little, you know, a, a little shit disturber back then. Um, literally, ask my mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, you know, the, the media coverage was pretty intense. And I know that at the time, that Nap was still. Uh, you know, he was not necessarily nationally well known, but you know, he was he was a well respected journalist at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and yeah, Unsolved Mysteries did cover it, and uh, there was another there was another syndicated show that covered it. I think it was called Sightings. I can't recall. I, I think I might be in error. Somebody, somebody will correct me out there. But um, so yeah, there was a lot of coverage. of little Lazar story. Um, and and I, I have a special section in my collection here in my office of DVDs. That um, that have pushed scenarios that uh, have turned out to be uh, either hoaxes or haven't been proven at all. And I have several DVDs of Bob Lazar interviews, uh, so it was it was out there for consumption on multiple formats, and people really grabbed onto the story. Um, and that went for several years, and Naps stature uh, increased not just in the UFO community, but overall. He became more and more well-known, became a constant presence on coast-to-coast, and uh, things transpired from there. Um, Now, in years later, um, Lazar kind of retreated from the UFO community. And that kind of happened because some researchers made a half-hearted effort to—I shouldn't say half-hearted, but from my perspective, it seemed half-hearted. They attempted to background check the educational background of Lazar they attempted to look into his work uh, history. And that became, uh really a mixed bag, a uh, mixed bag towards the negative side. So Lazar kind of re- retreated and disappeared and stopped doing conferences. He stopped appearing on, uh, on interviews and things of that nature and, and kind of disappeared. And then about, I recall vividly, about four or five years ago, I stayed up to listen to Coast to Coast, and NAP was guest hosting, as he does, on a consistent basis, and he had evidently interviewed Lazar for the first time in a, and since I guess the early nineties, um, so Lazar began to, uh, for lack of a better term, reappear in the community.
0: But Bob Lazar and Nappet and, and, and yeah. had. Uh, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but like they, they did interactions no. for for quite a number of, of years. Uh, you know, in between that point, you know, uh, uh, NAP had gotten uh, L- Lazar in touch with uh, Bigelow, and they had started that joint venture, quote unquote, to find element one fifteen, on on you know on yes. obtainium, uh, the the great mysterious element. Which uh, did anything ever come of that?
1: Well, that I. And you're right, Lazar did, uh, I guess he gained contacts as a result of his um, interaction with, with Knapp. Um, but that was all done um, kind of out of the public eye. Uh, so by the time he resurfaced fairly recently, he was well-connected. And individuals that really wanted to, and this is my impression, individuals that really wanted to grab on the story and do something with it, uh, i.e., uh, gain some, uh, have some monetary gains as far as DVD sales, potential movies, potential books, things of that nature. Uh, Lazar was pretty well connected with those people by the time he reappeared. So when he did reappear, it was like he had never been gone. Um, and this is one of those stories, one of these scenarios of the UFO community, uh, a lot of people have just grabbed onto and they swear up and down that it's, uh, reality. They accept it at face value.
0: Now, uh, Jeremy, uh, he, he interviewed uh, Bob Lazar for this for this movie. I, I know that on his Twitter he had put out uh, a screen captures of the interview itself and that's pretty much how I found out that this movie was actually happening and yeah. it, it uh, I'm, I'm going to say that's probably where the animosity started because it's like you're actually interviewing Bob Lazar and my first reaction was what did you have to give up to, 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 to nap to be able to get access? <laughs> like,
1: what was what was the question, purpose?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it, because because you don't, uh, at least to my understanding, Nap doesn't you know never does anything for nothing. Uh, there's always usually no. something involved, whether it's residuals, whether it's royalties, um, some type of fee, or or what have you. This is at least to my understanding. I could be wrong, but these this is what I've heard. This is one of the reasons why he's at least done so well for himself over the years is because well he's <laughs> he's been able to kind of ingrain himself uh, in in most of the the going ons um of the community and you know the community itself it, i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's a community because it's actually fairly small all things considering uh you know you, you look at things like advertising advertising that there are you know tens or hundreds of thousands of creatives uh and strategy people and, and people working for advertising agencies coast to coast to coast to coast uh to coast you know depending if you want if you want to get pacific or south pacific on me so the, the, the connectivity of the entertainment wing uh, to the quote-unquote research wing to, uh, you know, the whatever I do, but more terrestrial radio wing, there's a lot of, of back and forth in play, correct?
1: There is, yeah. There is quite a bit, yeah.
0: Now, is this kind of one of the, the the bigger issues that lends people to question his story?
1: Uh, to a great degree, yes, it does. Um, because, the, like you said, the community is not really that large. So you may not know somebody directly, but somebody you know may know them directly. It's, it's, it's like the small-town scenario. Not everybody knows each other, but everybody in a second-hand way does. Uh, so it's not a great, it's not a great effort. It, it doesn't take much effort to get someone really well-connected. With I guess uh, the way you broke it down, the three general branches of the UFO community. Um, so that that's lent itself to this whole scenario transpiring in an easier way. I mean, it, it, he's he was very uh, Knapp got him very hooked up and connected in that gap where he wasn't so public.
0: Well, um, b- besides uh, uh, Bigelow, like what what types of connections was he really kind of given given access to?
1: he was given access to other media platforms that were friendly to that kind of story. Um, I've heard secondhand from some published authors that he got access to them indirectly um, through emails or contact information so that he he established, um, I guess for lack of a better term, he established friendly relations with some researchers that were open to Best story, which means the story was kept alive. Because story was kept alive in conference presentations. It was kept alive in books. They were being published by these individuals, and and but the list of names that I've that I've gathered are some of the researchers that aren't as grounded, or aren't as thorough, or aren't as I hate to use the word skeptical. <laughs> That's that sounds like a horrible word nowadays, but. Um, The ones that have been a little more thorough and a little more, uh, I guess I'll use the word skeptical again, have been much more cautious about his story, (laughs) have been much more willing to question the entire scenario. But there's a big section of the UFO community, and that includes researchers, that includes podcasters, that includes uh, just the general public at large, uh, that has accepted this story at face value, and so here we are. So.
0: Now, uh, Stan was able to to um, verify that uh, Lazar took electronics courses in, in the nineteen seventies at, at Pierce Junior College in L.A. Uh, you know, th- this was all also supposedly when he was uh, attending MIT in Massachusetts. Uh, how how would he be able to to be in two places at the same time? I have
1: no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we should ask Albert Einstein. You know, uh, I I have no idea how that would how that whole scenario would have transpired. Yeah, but you're right. Stanton Freeman did confirm that,
0: and also uh, that but, he. You know, I,
1: but go ahead and. Well,
0: and also that he uh, graduated bottom of his class in high school.
1: Yep, yep. I confirmed that two years ago. Yep.
0: Now, so, it, then, you you yourself yep. confirmed that. So how 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 did you go about uh, confirming that piece of information?
1: I just I went through. Uh, it was a Herculean effort, but um, I looked up his name, and this was first on the internet, and they gave me access to. Books. They gave me access to uh, the educational uh, places he had gone to get uh, his education, and just digging around, digging around, looking through yearbooks uh, on a physical level. And I went, I went to, uh, ironically, of all places, uh, the Roswell UFO Museum has a has a, now I guess a glorified file on not specifically him, but the scenario of Area 51, you know, unobtainium. Bob Lazar's story. And so I went through this stuff, and a lot of it was the information that had been accepted by everybody at face value. But it was, interestingly enough, there were specifically uh, some information about his education. And, um, I mean, his his placement in his class doesn't eliminate the possibility that he went to college for some education beyond, you know, what what anyone else did that he graduated with. But it's just a red flag. There are a lot of red flags in this story. This, this story is full of red flags. But it, it doesn't take a huge amount of effort nowadays to get to that point. Where you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was a lot harder to research somebody because the Internet really wasn't as prevalent as it is now. So you actually had to go physically to uh, to bookstores, to um, to archives of newspapers, to dig into backgrounds of people. It was a lot it was a lot harder effort as opposed to now. You just get in front of your, in front of your screen, your keyboard, and go. Um, so in theory, it should be much easier to look at the background of this gentleman, to look at the background of the story, and to either debunk it or confirm it. It should be easier now, but that isn't the case. Um, and it's to my eyes, it's clearly, the scenario is that this is a story that is fascinating to people, and people have believed it from the word go, and there is a faction of the community that's going to take advantage of that and is going to uh, continue to accept invitations to the festivals and conferences, continue to publish this story in books, continue to um,
0: Do podcasts like this produce. one?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but we're, we're not advocating the story, though. I mean, at least we're, you know, uh, both, of I, both you and I are both stickers for integrity. And if somebody in the community, and I get, this, I get flack for this all the time, somebody asks me my opinion about a case, I tell them what the evidence shows. I'm not going to confirm the belief system. I'm going to tell them what the evidence shows. If they don't like it, well, I don't apologize for that. I said this is what the evidence shows. You ask me my opinion, that's my take. My job as a researcher or a historian is not to confirm someone's belief system, but to simply show what the facts are, what the dates are, what, the, what, what was reported. What the evidence shows and what it doesn't show, not to confirm my own personal beliefs or not to confirm someone else's, but just look at it in a black and white, cold, dispassionate manner. But that's that is frowned upon in the UFO community. It really is. Um,
0: <laughs> well, the, the UFO community it, it stems essentially out of the same place, and I've mentioned this on the show a bunch of times, or at least on on uh, Spaced Out Radio, uh, which uh, you guys can. Go check it out at space.radio.com after this. No. Not, not that we're affiliated. Sure. I just, I just like Dave, and he likes my beard, and I like his beard. So,
1: Dave. Oh, yeah. well, uh, but. Well, you said you, you said you like my mustache, although it's a full beard now. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: for me, it's it, like I, I can't even grow full facial hair. I just have like the little goatee. Uh, it, you know, it works for me. It's, it, it gets too, too long, and then I actually look like an, an out of work ufologist. Uh, you know, if it too scraggly, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I really you need a book like deal right now. <laughs> I really need a book deal. Do you, yeah. do you know a publisher? <laughs> I saw some lights. <laughs> you know, you
1: may be more true than you think, more right than you really, you know. <laughs> it, it,
0: you know, this at least when I'm when I'm looking really scraggly, it's because I've been very busy doing the advertising, you know, self employed thing, uh, which it, it, it at least kind of stems. To most people in ufology, they're either doing it as a side gig or they're trying to make a career out of it. Uh, and you know, seeing that a lot of ufology and a lot of paranormals come out of uh, vaudeville, it's come kind out of the freak shows, the same place as cryptozoology, the same place as uh, you know uh, ancient history or, or alternative uh, alternative history, where you you could go see giants or you can go see you know the the alive mummy or you know the the, the bearded woman. Which is usually yeah. just a, a guy right. in drag that they, you know, has a beard on. Like, oh my god, it's a bearded woman. Like, no, you know, he's th- that, that bearded woman smoking a cigar. It's a very interesting, <laughs> you know, yeah. story that they You're
1: would right. tell. That's where a lot of it originates. You know?
0: So, do you think that there is a parallel between pro wrestling, um, as a, an art form, as a stage uh, production? And the way that ufology is in terms of the the behind the scenes culture.
1: Yes, yes. Did I say yes? Yes, there is. There's a, there's a there's almost a direct correlation. I mean, we're not walking around in tights, thank goodness. But there there's a, there's a showmanship about a lot of the UFO community. There's there's a. Uh, a lot of the stuff that's accepted at face value, a lot of the scenarios that are talked about at conferences are um, is downright either has been debunked or is not real. It's, it's fake. It's, it's not grounded in reality. Or certainly hasn't been researched so that anybody can actually make a informed decision. No one's actually looked into this stuff um, to a great degree. And if someone does, that kind of story won't get any airplay because that actually, that's actually a display of somebody who has some integrity, someone who is questioning everything and is actually doing their homework to research this as opposed to what's popular is, Oh, the secret space program. You believe that? Okay. Well, we're going to have you at the conference. No, I don't believe in that scenario. I'm looking into it and objectively trying to examine whether that's, that's grounded reality. Oh, we can't have you at the conference. <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. It's, it's uh, it's uh it's a sad state of affairs but um that's kind of the way it is there's a there's a there's a certain there's a certain popularity contest kind of scenario going on there's a certain amount of people that are trying to make a living doing this and are uh giving presentations or publishing books that are not scientific examinations of the phenomenon they are um an examination of the culture of the phenomenon, which doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't get us anywhere to the answers. It doesn't. Um, and then, of course, there are some individuals that just have uh, random. Uh, they they throw around random speculations left and right, and have belief systems that are completely untenable. They're they're not. You can't you can't prove or disprove them. In other words, so but they they adhere to them. Uh, it reminds me of, and I'm not old enough to remember, but it reminds me of the scenario of the 40s and 50s when you had the contactees, so the George Adamski type individuals. They made these random claims about flying to Venus, flying to Mars. All the women they came across were large-breasted and blonde. They looked Swedish. Um, you know, it's, they, they went all, basically, with all stories. The space brothers. They were out looking for our well-being. They were trying to hit, stop us from destroying our own planet that kind of scenario. You can't prove that or disprove it, but it's random stories. It sounds like fantasy. But nowadays, that's taken at face value. Um, it, 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 it reminds me of the Move On Symposium last year. You know, that, that entire listing of speakers of the symposium, I kept thinking, okay, where is the grounded, scientifically-minded individual? Where is the skeptic who's going to look at the evidence in a black-and-white manner and tell it how it is. Who's the person who's going to have the integrity to say that this case is not grounded in reality? This case may be. The evidence dictates that. The evidence does not dictate in this case. What have you. That person was not on that board. That person was not on that listing of present of presentations.
0: Well, well what, what about Richard Dolan?
1: Mo- you know, Dolan, Dolan has been a quality historian, but he, he slowly... Um, meandering in a direction which I find uncomfortable. Um, he's extremely successful at what he does. He's a published author. He makes a lot of appearances. He has his podcast, but I'm uncomfortable with some of the scenarios that he's accepting as potentially, um, ground in reality. um,
0: now you you you're in a group that that's uh, fairly well to do. It it has the who's who of people in ufology, and obviously you know I've, I've probably made a little bit of trouble for you myself. Um, no, I, I apologize no. <laughs> apologize for the trouble, <laughs> I don't, but I don't apologize for the trouble, as it were. Uh, and you have um, uh, individuals that that can discuss the subject back and forth. Like hasn't your stance? put you at odds with these individuals? I, I know that you probably have received some phone calls, uh, or you know, the occasional very angry text message about me. If you didn't, I'd be very surprised.
1: Uh yeah, I had one guy block you in the group and he's <laughs> he's a grounded guy. He just uh he just had an emotional reaction to it and he's probably gonna unblock you at some point. Um and beyond that I, I get the random emails the random email which occurs about two or three times a week. <laughs> um <clears throat> from friends on Facebook or just people that I don't even know. Somehow they get my email and they send me uh, negative observations about my group. Cause my group is public. So anybody can see the posts there. And, um, I approach my group in a very journalistic standpoint. Like I'm just going to give you the information and not advocate any position. It's up to the member to decide what they believe and what they don't believe. But I really want to initiate a conversation among all the members. Um, but every so often, somebody will ask me my take on the case or a scenario or an individual, and I'll I'll tell them what I think. And, and usually, that gets me a negative response because I just tell it how it is. And it, I wish things weren't like that. And you, I wish it was yeah. different.
0: Hey, well, you you don't show favoritism. Um, you know, you could say like, "Oh, I like this person. I don't like this person." But you you've given me heck. You've given, I've seen you give other people heck. So you know, there there's at least uh, a matter of integrity that that I can. Um, notice and i know that other people notice or they wouldn't you know they wouldn't post uh but if if you're looking at at ufology as i'm going to say an entertainment genre and i'm going to use the term entertainment genre because it, it's uh, you know if if you're on on history channel and uh no offense to the ancient aliens guys i love you guys uh Giorgio, your hair is amazing and always will be uh i think you guys put on a great show <laughs> yeah. but it's like yeah. the history channel isn't about history anymore you know <laughs> no they're they're, they're that about has to be like that
1: for a long time yeah
0: yeah. So you know, if you're if this is what's being consumed by the general public, and even I have friends whom will watch the show on Facebook, they will listen to the show on on uh, Spreaker or on Periscope or you know wherever they get it, and they themselves they'll chime in and s- will basically chime in and give the standard lines of well, no, there's a cabal. No, there's, you know, alien visitation, or, or no, there's uh, reptilians that are attacking, or, you know, da, 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 the usual points that you or I have heard a million times over uh, and have our own opinions about. Uh, yeah. how, how do you break through the convention? Like, wh- And what are some of the, the main conventions that uh, involve UFO and ufology as, as a genre? And, you know, are they... Linked to Lazar, did they start from the Lazar mythos? Um, Did everything kind of grow from that?
1: Uh, You know, no. I think I think the the issues in the community were already in existence. Um, I guess the Lazar story is symptomatic of that. Um, And as time has gone on, and 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 I'm gonna, I'm probably dating myself because I'm 50 years old. It seems like. The split between the community, between the individuals that are a little more grounded, and the ones that have belief systems that are a little more, uh, we'll use the word speculative, it tends to be ageist in 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 some matter. I mean, I mean, there's there some there's some far out belief systems from individuals that are older than me, but it seems the majority of grounded people tend to be my age or older. The ones that are younger, they're used to the internet and Googling everything and everything having instant gratification. They can research someone at the drop of a hat. They could just plug in their name on the computer and it's done. That seems to be the younger generations. And um, so it's 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 become more and more prevalent as, as time has going on. Um, a big problem in UFO, in the UFO field, is that individuals will Google something a case or an individual or a book and they find out what they want to see and they stop. They find out what they want. They find out information that confirms their belief system and they stop instead of asking the next question. They see a story that is against what they believe. Well, they think, oh no, that's that's not great. That's bad journalism or it's fake news or whatever. And they, they find some way to rationalize this so that it's not a story that makes them defend their position. But if you see a story that's robbed right their alley, that confirms what they believe, oh, that's a great story, that's great journalism, that's whatever, they, they, they grab onto it. It, it adds to the, the brick wall they're building around themselves. As opposed to, you know, when I see a story, I don't decide what I think of the story at face value at all. I'll research the story. First thing I do is research who wrote the story, where did the information come from, is this information legitimate? And goes through the whole process of breaking down the story and trying to find out, does this story hold any water or not? And then, then after getting an informed look at the story, then I can gain some perspective and actually make a decision as to what I think of it personally. Um, but the more time is going on, the older I've gotten, the more cautious I have to be. I have to be cautious about the way I even word poll questions in my group. Um, because people grab onto words and they misconstrue things, or I make a herculean effort to write a poll question in a very specific manner, and individuals that graduated high school and may have graduated college mm-hmm. will ask me, why did you word the poll question that way? They can't understand the concept of the poll question. And I explained to them, I wrote it that way specifically so there would be no misunderstanding as to what this poll question is asking. And somehow they... Drop the ball. Uh, they're not used to thinking. Um, critical thinking is gone nowadays. So that is symptomatic of stories and scenarios that are believed in the UFO field. And the Lazar story, I feel, is one of those. It's there's been no there's been not a there's not been a huge amount of critical thinking applied toward that story. And and that's that's you could say that about everything in the UFO field.
0: Well, you you look but you look at the, the, the Nimitz incident, is, you know. like the or I should say the Nimitz incident. You know, there there's no there has been no proof that has been shown. The only thing we've had are, are, are two individuals. One of them is an entertainer. The other one is a failed book author who claims to have UFO healing powers. Which, hey, I'm 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 all for that. If if he's got them, you know, you you got to get out to uh, you know, to Northern California, man, because there there's some trees out there that could really use some help.
1: Yeah, that's
0: true. And yep. th- there are <laughs> a complete, well, I should say, it's the same thing. Like if you go to the rational wiki and I know the rational wiki is not necessarily the most unbiased <laughs> no, <laughs> publication on the planet, but they, they tend, <laughs> they tend to provide um, a very, let's see if I can actually bring this up without cutting you off here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I have to make sure that I'm picking the right one. Okay, no guest. Okay, no guest. Yep. Okay, I just picked mine. There we go. So Bob Lazar, his claims. You know, master's degree in MIT, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Proof of his claims. Tumbleweeds. Going by. That's essentially... (laughs) That's essentially Bob Lazar in a nutshell. And that's that's essentially the same thing I've seen from, from most... Uh, wild out there, uh, UFO claims. You know the and the interesting part is with, with the Tic Tac uh, Nimitz incident. That's another thing that that NAP has been involved in. Has there been yes. has there been any any evidence that has been shown b- besides a video that's been out since two thousand seven uh, from you know within that that realm? Like has Lazar produced any actual evidence, uh, a transcript, a diploma, anything for anybody to see?
1: Uh, none that would satisfy my standard, not at all. And I have a pretty high standard. Um, I have seen nothing, and I've heard of evidence, but that's typical of the co- of the community. It's typical. Of why I've, I've seen this, I may have heard that. I know somebody who knew this. <sighs> yeah, but where's the evidence? I mean, I yeah, where where is the evidence we can all examine? And come to, to a, some sort of consensus about. Now, t- I have assumed that.
0: Now, to, to be able to preface um, my next question, I, I do have to at least be forthright uh, with stating that, and this may have no bearing on it whatsoever. Uh, 2007, uh, and Bob Lazar, he owns a company uh, called United Nuclear Scientific Supplies, LLC. Uh, apparently, he was fined $7,500 and received three years probation for violating federal laws which prohibit the sale of materials used to make illegal fireworks. Okay, so he he uh, apparently transported uh, chemicals across state lines without the proper permits, which is a, a big no-no in the states from what I can understand. Um, understandably so.
1: Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah.
0: Now, he he worked with supposedly a very small amount of uh an element that had not been synthesized on the planet until you know the the early to mid 2000s
1: yeah element 115 yeah
0: now knowing that he's had uh, a, a number of legal run-ins which may have cost him um well as i said you know, he was fine 7500 i don't know what his legal fees would have would have cost him in that regard why do you think that he came out now to make a movie and, and how uh have either you seen or heard this this incident uh, take place up to this point?
1: Uh, I, I I can only assume that he's doing this to gain some, uh, to make some money, to, to, to put it bluntly. I can, th- I can think of no other rationale, no other reason why, after all this time, uh, he's, decided, he's decided to make himself available. Um, he could have done this years ago. Um, this story has been accepted at face value for all these decades. So there's no reason at all why he could not have made himself available to make a uh, DVD or movie or what have you at any point in the last 20 years. Um, Why now? I can only think some situation or some scenario has come up where he's needed or really wanted to do it. And I can think of money. Because money is money and ufology is a huge problem. It's a slippery slope and it's a huge motivating factor for some individuals. So um, well,
0: h- h- what how much, well, how much money are we talking about here?
1: I, I wouldn't even be able to get a guess, but enough that it's make you know, enough that is worth the effort, enough that it's worth the effort to come on in public and make yourself available. Um, make yourself uh, open to criticism although I haven't heard much criticism of Bob Lazar other than on this show. <laughs> so, uh, there you have it. But um, as far as a, a money amount, I wouldn't be able to guess at that at all. I mean, I, I, I don't know what an individual would earn giving presentations and being involved in a movie would be. I'm I, i I'm blissfully unaware of that. But well, it, to me, it seems like a motor-ready factor, whatever the total is.
0: And w- if, if this film is... And I, to be honest, and again, Ryan, not not to shit on your parade here, and again, I, I can use the term shit because it is it is our tagline, uh, but I'll you know I, I try and keep all of this swearing out. Not to shit on your parade, you know this is not going to be objective. Like I asked a, a couple of questions, which Ryan said that he was going to ask, and I'm I will be very impressed. Uh, if uh, they are asked, I, I'm always, and I'm under the assumption, as cynical as I am, that if he knows the question ahead of time, that he, there's going to be very well-crafted, you know, narrative around it, because that's kind of what happens in ufology, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yep. <laughs> so, I'm not exactly expecting this to be the most uh, uh, objective <laughs> objective film on the planet. Uh, no, I, yeah, that's. I think you're spot on. Yeah, it won't be. If that, you, that's a given. If you, as as a historian, were making a Bob Lazar film, because besides uh, um, you know, Cameron, there's only one other name that I know of as far as uh, being a historian that I, I know knows his stuff as well as uh, he does, which is you. Knowing everything that you know, what would you do to create the Bob Lazar film?
1: Well, you'd have to immediately either not hire or fire the screenwriter. It would have to be a... Uh, you, know, you, can't, you can't have anything subject- subjective. You have to have a, an objective look at the evidence. I guess a good way to look at it would be to have a, uh, a fair look at the case and the story and Bob Lazar himself. Uh, examine the evidence that uh, may lead you to believe the story is is real and look at the evidence contrary to that. Uh, look at all the available evidence, regardless of whether it leads you down the path, whether you believe it or not. Look at all the evidence available. Um, unfortunately, evidence that is available to uh, confirm the story, there's not a huge amount uh, at all. So it would be a very short movie, but um, it would have to be a, it would have to be an objective examination of of the case then nothing else would, nothing else would measure up because if it's not objective, if you don't look at all the evidence, then it's subjective, that it's bias on some level, it's biased toward or against him. And that doesn't do anybody any good. I, I recall there was one gentleman, we were discussing some other unconnected case on my group. And he said, he's researched UFOs for 20 years. And and he's done a lot of field investigations and investigations into uh, government documents, and he's done lots of interviews. But he prefaced his commentary by saying, but I'm biased toward flying saucers, but... And then went on with his commentary. I thought, wait a minute. You're biased toward flying saucers, which means you're biased toward the reality of alien visitation, but you can somehow be objective. That's, That's a hard line to walk. Um... It's one thing when you have a personal belief system if somebody believes alien visitation has happened that's one thing and then you you hold that position away from yourself when you investigate a case but when you have when you admitted you have a clear bias toward or against a conclusion and then you try to come off as objective that that doesn't that doesn't fly with me no you can't you can't have a you can't have a bias and be objective at the same time so um, when I see a story about Bob Lazar and the flying saucers, the movie coming up, they're clearly promoting the story as reality. Although
0: well, that, that's um, the same with most ufology documentaries. Yeah, Netflix is full yeah. of them.
1: Yeah, they're, they're they're advocating the reality. They're assuming this case is real. They're going to present it in a way that makes the viewer think that this case is. This case occurred, this, this crash or retrieval or this individual work, whatever the scenario is, is grounded in reality. There's I've, I've yet to see a really objective look at, um, I can only think of two, docu- I, can, I can think of two documentaries that were both done by James Fox that were relatively objective. And even he, he admitted he believes in the reality of alien visitation, but he's a skeptical guy about it. Which means he doesn't believe the vast majority of cases out there, so that I can I can take that look. I can I can accept that approach, but the the vast majority of other uh, of other programs I've seen on UFOs, it's all pro UFO. It's all got a clear bias toward it. It's not objective, and that's that's very troubling. It's very troubling to me. It is
0: now there. There is a phenomenon at least that could be possible. Is is like there's something going on. I've seen some strange stuff uh, that I don't know what yeah. it is. Could be earthquake lights, could be ball lightning. I don't know. So yeah. people are seeing something, but yes, I- is it the uh, immediate jump to I don't know? Therefore, aliens that that uh, I'm going to say kind of throws the the objectivity out. And if so, that's kind of the same thing that most science uh, papers that you know like they'll, they'll talk about Tabby Star or Omamua. And they will say, like, oh, maybe it's aliens. And that'll be the only thing media talks about, even though it's only mm-hmm. one line within the paper. But scientists will say that, uh, you know, it's not aliens unless it's actually aliens. And the reason being is you have to exhaust all other options uh, un- until you come to the conclusion that it's the only thing that we've not been able to prove the existence of.
1: Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, um, yeah, th- there's. When I when I see the when I hear about the ancient aliens scenario or watch ancient aliens, um, the jump is made there. There's monolithic structures built on the Earth. We can't prove or we can't we haven't been unable to determine whether we made them or not or how they were made. Therefore, aliens. When the evidence is not there, we have no we have not been able to prove how those things were built. But there's nothing there to make us make a jump to the extraterrestrial. There isn't. But that's commonplace for individuals in this community. They make the jump to alien. Uh, But a lot of times that jump doesn't occur because they've already made up their mind. They already have a preconceived notion that it's aliens. Every case is legitimate. Every case is a One thing I can't stand, and I'm I'm getting subjective here, so, is the term real UFO. I don't know what that means. What is a real UFO? I mean, a UFO is an unidentified flying object. So if someone sees something in the air, they can identify that's a real UFO. That's a real unidentified flying object. It ceases to become a UFO when they identify it. There's nothing unreal about it. You see something, you can identify that's, that's reality. I see a light in there in the sky. I can't identify it. It's probably an airplane, probably a helicopter, maybe ball lightning, whatever. You know, you go from there. But somehow, you know, for a lot of people, the term UFO means alien spacecraft. It means aliens immediately, so they don't mean they don't even make a jump. They have a preconceived notion. Um, I remember I had a long discussion with a member in my group, and he's still he's still a member. He's pretty grounded. He he actually wanted to know my personal take on the OVO issue, and I said, "Well, I'll tell you, but I'll I'll tell you either call me or email me, because if I taint my group with my own personal beliefs, that's not good journalism." I don't want anyone to know because it's not my place to voice my opinion in my group. I want to have the members interact of their own, but it's not my place to advocate my take. So he called me. We discussed things for like in a whole full hour. And I said, he asked me, what is your take on this? And I said, well, my personal opinion is the alien visitation has occurred, but it's far less frequent than what everyone else seems to think in the UFO community. I mean, far, far, far less frequent. But I think it has occurred. Uh, the abduction scenario, I think the same thing, but these even even fewer cases, I think, are grounded in reality. But the vast majority of this is mundane in nature. Unfortunately, that's not the way most people think. They merely think that a good section of this stuff is alien. And that's troublesome because... I mean, if, if you or I were law enforcement <clears throat> officials and we went to go investigate a case, uh, it, would, it would do us no good if we had preconceived notions. If we automatically assumed this guy was guilty, well, then why investigate him? We've already made up our mind. What we're supposed to do is look for the evidence and go where the evidence leads us. Whether or not that confirms our personal beliefs, whether or not confirms our preconceived notions, go where the evidence leads. Well, that doesn't happen in the UFO field.
0: Or as Joseph uh, says in chat, it's like, truth be damned, what does the marketing say? The marketing says, run with it. <laughs>
1: pretty much, pretty much, yeah. It's like, so you get you get stories that uh, have a lot of legs, and you have stories that seem to reappear every so often. Uh, stories that have been, or cases that have been debunked. I can think of, what's a good one I can think of? Uh, the Aztec case of forty eight. That was debunked back in the 50s. It, it disappeared till the early 80s. It resurfaced. The it, Aztec it is, again.
0: that was the second yeah. cra- supposed crash after Area 51. Or not Area 51, yeah, uh, after, after Roswell.
1: Yeah. Which, yeah, there's no first-hand witnesses. There's no newspaper clippings. Uh, nothing. There's nothing there. Um, and Salas Newton and Leo, Leo Jabauer, the two gentlemen that concocted the story, were both convicted of fraud in Denver, Colorado, a few years later. Which kind of throws their the whole story out of kilter. I mean, these are convicted felons, um. So that story appeared in what book was that? Behind the Flying Saucers, authored by uh, Frank Scully. Well, it was debunked by a uh, a journalist who worked for the San for the uh, San Francisco Chronicle, and uh, that disappeared. And you couldn't talk about crash retrieval for for the longest time until Len Stringfield did his research because of the debunking of the Aztec case. What 86, I think it was 86, UFO Crash at Aztec reappeared. That that was the second book about the Aztec case. That was written by William Steinman, and his co-author was Wendell Stevens. Well, Wendell Stevens served six years in uh, prison in Arizona for child molestation. So I really don't want to know what he says about anything. So again, that story... Is being told by individuals that have a slightly less than ideal background. And again, still no physical evidence, no first eyewitnesses, no paper trail, no government documents, nothing. There's nothing there except a story that seems to go away, gets debunked, reappears, goes away, gets debunked, and now it's back in vogue. The, uh, Scott and Suzanne Ramsey wrote a book, uh, The UFO, The Aztec UFO Incident, came out three or four years ago. So, again, that case is, again, being discussed. It's been debunked twice, but somehow it lives on. So that's an example of a story that comes and goes, that hasn't gone extinct yet. The Lazar story has, where's the evidence? Where's the, where's the concrete evidence for that story to legitimize that story? And that's what it is. It's a story that has not come to light. But that story never went away. Unlike Aztec, they faded in and out. The Area 51 Lazar scenario has never gone away since it first came out. Um,
0: so, so why why the uh, fi- such such a fixation on it? From and I think I may have, may have asked this in a roundabout way, but you like you, you have these these young podcast. I'm a young podcaster, radio personality, internet, YouTube, Z List celebrity. I you know am not even sure. Like I'm I'm in the ASCII characters basically, uh, which is fine for me. I'm not like a, a PewDiePie yeah. here but you know like it's being uh, latched onto like uh, you know like like okay hipster music you know their style basically copied what whatever was done with the in the early 70s with folk music and it became new again in, in the mid 2000s so yeah. it's like people like myself we latched onto that older story and we're bringing it forward again is like is is there a reason for why this is happening continuously, or is this a just kind of like a fad and, and it's going to kind of you know go away again, like uh, like the Aztec story?
1: Uh, you know, I I don't think it's a fad. I think it's a scenario that just won't go away. Uh, I I don't know if it's fashionable or not, but uh, for one, for whatever reason, when the Lazar story broke, uh, it was fascinating to a big section of people in the community, and they grabbed onto it, and they never let go. It captured their imagination. The idea that an individual was breaking his uh, silence about talking about about, uh, secrecy, about UFOs, and he worked on a UFO, he worked on a physical craft at a secret military base, and that scenario had been... There had been whispers about secret underground bases for a while, the the Dulce... New Mexico scenario was around for a while and, and there were other um, supposed bases, there were other places where physical evidence of UFOs, crash uh evidence had been stored away. Wright Patterson Air Force Base, uh, Lowry Air Force Base in Denver. Um, so that scenario had been around, but not really grabbed onto. Nobody had really taken the bull by the horns, but then the czar case came out and then that that captured every different scenario in one story. You had a whistleblower. You had physical craft that was uh, that were recovered from some unknown crash. You had a secret government base. And on some level, it was grounded reality for a lot of people because there was actually an Area 51. There actually is a base northwest of, or northeast of uh, Las Vegas. So they, they, they made the jump saying, okay, Area 51 actually does exist Therefore, the rest of the story is true. Which is, uh, I, I can make a lewd comment, I won't, but that is, that's, that, no, that's maybe, that's illogical. Completely illogical. You know, yes, the base exists, that does not mean the rest of the story is, uh, is true.
0: Uh, no ray and chad is and again i, I can't confirm this myself but at least uh, this is something i did want to at least read back is uh, he said that uh, lazar had made it clear that if he appears on film only payment will be the opportunity to set the record straight now if anybody mm-hmm. can confirm that i would like to know so that would be something you can put in the comments uh but it would seem to me that if if that were true you know not nuts you know could it be aliens you know, some theorists say yes. <laughs> Why? Oh my God. Oh God. Um, again, this would kind of go back to the original. You know, the original point. I'm, I'm, and I'm not trying to to seem like a, I'm I'm causing confirmation bias here. You know, to a certain extent, there's like it's like man, it's I, it's like I kind of common sense tells me that. You know, there, there's very little that of the story that could potentially be true. And if somebody's saying, well, give me money, then I'll tell you the truth. If that's true, then it's like, well, why would you need the money? The truth is the truth. You tell it because, you know, it needs to be heard, not because you're trying to make yes. a buck. Are you a mercenary? Which then you can't be trusted. You know, because if uh, I've worked in with sensitive uh, materials, before, like not materials, uh, sensitive documents before. There's a security procedure involved with it. Uh, you know, you have to be able to sign NDA agreements. You have to uh, get a security clearance. The security clearance, they, you know, they, they will check 10 years of your background to make sure that you're not, well, essentially working for a foreign government. Or at least they do their best to try and make sure that you're not working for a foreign government. And, you know, sure. some, sometimes the, those pe- people slip through the cracks. Uh, you know, they become president, <laughs> potentially.
1: <laughs> this is true. Case in point. But so, you know,
0: But the idea is to true. make sure that you're telling the truth. And uh, at least anybody that I know of, uh, and I know a fair amount of people who have security clearances. I don't know anybody who's who's ever broken their non-disclosure agreement knowingly, um, broken their their security clearance knowingly because the moment that you do that means that you can no longer work in that field. You like you cannot get that clearance again. If you lose the clearance, if you if if you are de-clearanced, you know it's kind of like being de-hanced. Uh, you're It's very difficult to get it back. So I I know that when Lazar first came out with with his his tale, that there was a big hubbub in the government, and the main thing was that nobody had said that they were from Area Fifty One before, and they kind of had to check his story and see what the heck was up with this guy. But if he told the government that he would keep the secrets, and he was given clearance, and then he turned around and said okay well i know these secrets he lied to the government if he never had the clearance and never worked there he lied to us about lying to the government that he had was going to keep the secrets yeah so to me logic would kind of state that one way or another he would be a liar it's just a matter of to what degree and how deep does it go and and is that top going to stop spinning and my, my goodness can they get leonardo DiCaprio to play him in in, in the next movie that would be my question <laughs> that, that that is totally uh, an inception reference it's yeah. for for all you youngins it's a movie go look it up google it <laughs> <laughs> he,
1: no you're yeah you're exactly right uh, in, in, either, in either scenario he's been he's been telling untruths either to us as a community or the government or both uh, somehow he has not been on the up and up with some group at some point. And, um, again, again, you know, just, I mean, just some, some evidence. I mean, this, and this goes to a lot of different cases in UFO uh, history. Um, I'm going to sound, this is going to sound horrible, but just show me the evidence. Just show me the evidence that confirms that this happened or didn't happen. That this this case is explained by this scenario or that scenario or what have you. Uh, instead, it it's all belief instead of evidence. It's supposition instead of evidence. It's 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 assumptions instead of evidence. People are assuming someone did their homework. People are assuming this researcher did their did their work on the up and up. People assume <coughs> well, the government has <coughs> recovered the alien spacecraft. We don't know they do. That's a strong belief that there is, that that's true by a lot of people. But we don't know. We've been told that by some individuals. Uh, Do people lie? Sure they do. Sure they do all the time. So, and, and I'm not saying that every individual that has said that is lying. All I'm saying is that humans are humans. Therefore, humans tell stories. They don't always tell the truth. Not all humans lie. But uh, it makes it very difficult to be able to tell when someone is only up and up or is simply just telling a story to gain some notoriety, to make some money, to write a book. That's very difficult. Even if you background check them thoroughly and everything holds up, they can still be lying about their position, about seeing something, about their testimony. That's very troubling. Um and that's and that's and that scenario applies to someone who whose background holds up under scrutiny uh lazar's doesn't lazar's background is sketchy at best there, there's a lot of red flags to his background well, uh and so and at that's least that's, at that's,
0: least with the with the nimitz incident and or supposed nimitz incident and and truth be told and I, i've if you if you go through the back catalog at least on on our youtube channel from you know when I went kind of on a deep or at least try to do in a deep dive like some other people I've seen and I, I suck at self podcasting and it's I, I don't recommend it because it's a long rambling mess of me basically staring at a screen for two hours it's not it's not pretty at <laughs> you know, the best of times <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but it, from the research that I've been able to find uh, you know there's the individuals whom are involved with that at least have a military background. It's just there's no evidence beyond their military background, or at least claim that they were there, and they're the only individuals who you know out of how many people are on a on a, um, a rock. You'd be able to, to tell me this. How many people are on a carrier yeah. strike group, uh, or stationed on a carrier in a carrier strike group? Like we're talking tens of thousands, or at least in yeah. in the high thousands, and only two uh, people have come.
1: Ever,
0: yeah. So uh, why, why would only two people come forward if that were the case, or you know, if the, or an incident actually happened? Um, and as I went deeper there were uh, I'm going to say certain um, confidence practices and confidences is is the long term for cons where you would use individuals whom either have uh, a tenuous expertise or an expertise to essentially use an expertise to lead somebody astray using uh, uh, appeal to authority as as a logical fallacy. Uh, So, you know somebody could say well i'm a doctor you know this is i i'm a doctor and this is uh, uh because i'm a doctor you know um this i heard about this one plant that cured cancer or i saw this plant cure this person who had cancer or, or any crazy claim um that isn't necessarily based on research or could be fact-checked but they will give a story or a narrative that can then be built upon and lazar doesn't even have that so yeah. you know and yeah. and to the point in the Nimitz incident, if I'm not mistaken, they actually have a a, a TV series possibly coming up. Okay. Um, Red flag. Well, you you get a TV series. It's (laughs) like, I've been, I've, I've, I've been talked to I'm like, I've have not actually ever entertained anybody who's ever offered. The only reason I had actually entertained at the time was because it's like, I'm somebody of integrity and I would approach it from that standpoint. Um, You know, And you have these individuals who don't necessarily approach it from that standpoint, and they're using other individuals and manipulating the media and to build a narrative or a body of evidence that doesn't exist. But from a single kernel, they will develop an entire mythos or narrative by essentially using somebody uh, who has credibility. In the case of Lazar, it seems to have been Knapp. In the case of the Tic Tac video, it's Fravor and Elizondo. So... Mm. Yeah. Those are kind of the same the same parallels that I'm I'm noticing from that story to this one. Um and it, it I'm wondering from from your experience if if this is ringing any bells for any other incidents that either are connected to it or have spun off from it like not not the Nimitz incident but Lazarus specifically. Uh that um, use the same or similar tactic. Well, you
1: know it's it's, it's there's a it's not connected to this case at all, but there's a case uh that was made the UFO rounds and there's there's a, uh, the rounds of the UFO community and there's it's still it's still being written about now is this supposed crash of UFO in across the Texas border near Del Rio supposedly happened in nineteen fifty and the date changed till it did the date changed several times but it all came from one individual. And so that story has not hold, held up under scrutiny, yet some researchers of note, their work for certain, indiv- certain organizations of note that you and I both have issues with, all believe this story, and they've written books about it, they've given presentations about it. So that scenario holds true. That scenario has existed for many, many decades, but what's changed now is that there's a Hollywood aspect to it. There's the opportunity to make big-budget movies, out of cases like that, that are strictly single witness, that are simply stories that have made the rounds <clears throat> and gone away, or like the Lazar story, stories that have been grabbed upon and have never gone away. So now we can make big time movies about it, DVDs, podcasts. We can we can uh, promote it as if it's reality, and people would just devour it. Um, which, which doesn't get us anywhere near or closer to an answer to the enigma. It doesn't because it's it becomes sci-fi. It becomes um, the glorifying of stories instead of actually researching to find out, is this story true? Um, they look forward to the next movie, and they sell T-shirts, they sell stickers, they sell memberships. Um, that's, that's all a negative thing. I mean... Uh, Money in and of itself is not a negative thing for the UFO field. I can understand if a researcher does research researches a case, he wants to sell some books to make some money. If that money goes back into the investigation to pay for hotel rooms, gas, expenses, I'm fine with that. It's a slippery slope, though, because when your integrity suffers in the name of money, that's the problem. That's the problem.
0: Uh, no, um, Rocky is is a um, and this is not Rocky Stucci. This is uh, Rocky out uh, in the west coasts of the wild BC. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's 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 joining at least um, he's he's watching on Facebook. So I'm I have a, a good interesting text from him, and this is an interesting point. Uh, Rocky has. Um, his not history, he he knows the same things I do with regards to security clearance and probably a little bit more than I do just based on his his uh, uh, his employment. Uh, and, you know, he's saying that the reason Lazar's story would be fake is because of his reliability background checks. There is no way he would have been given a secret clearance, let alone a level three or four. Uh, And we know this is the case because, number one, his debt issues would have prevented him from being cleared. And then there is the time it takes to process a security clearance, which can be months or potentially, you know, a year and a half or two years, depending on how interesting your background is. Uh, This takes months. And in an area like Area 51, it would probably take a year. Uh, That would be the point that they would then consider hiring him. So he would have had a year lead up time. And yeah. there's a very good chance he probably would not have gotten his clearance if, if this, if what Rocky's saying is accurate. Uh, yeah. In in your experience,
1: and Rocky, yeah, Rocky has a better perspective on it because of his position. So uh, I I take that at face value. Yeah, he would know. So. Um,
0: no. How 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 do we as a community? Because I, I know that we're getting um, we're going a little bit over the, our, usual, our usual hour. usual hours. Like again, we we're going to try and keep it. An hour, hour and 30 minutes. My wife is not going to be too happy about this. Like, One o'clock again? I'm like, honey, we're, we're, you know, this this weekend we're gone, which is why we're doing it tonight, not Friday. Uh, how, how would you fix up the issues with individuals such as, let's say, Lazar, who's who are claiming to have a clearance, you know, with, without any evidence whatsoever um, or any number of i'm going to say interesting claims whether you're talking you know gray aliens blue chickens or uh, yeah big-breasted swedish aliens from from venus uh how would you go about cleaning up the ufology field or the ufo community to actually start even beginning to set upon the work of finding out what the heck's going on
1: i think it's impossible to fix it um People will be people. People are going to believe what they want to believe. Um, it's, I just, I just, uh, and I've been asked this before. I I don't have any solution for it. I have no idea how to fix this situation. Um, I wish I had some inkling as to how to even approach this. Um, I, all I can, all I do as an individual is maintain my integrity. That's it. Just tell it how it is. Period. Uh, It doesn't matter who likes it or not. I'm just going to tell how it is and just look at the evidence in a black and white manner and just go from there. Um, I give lectures here in South Texas and I never take payment. No, I refuse it. No, because I just want to lecture about what has and has not transpired. I mean, I need it for the money. Not at all. Not in any way, shape, or form. You know. Uh, Some individuals have asked me to Establish a website and put a donation button, uh, donation button on my website. I said, "No, I'm not going to do that. No, because he reeks of impropriety. He reeks of of uh, the scenario that integrity is is suffering for the name of money. Um, I'm in a position where I don't need to make any money. I, I have a job outside of this outside of this field. Um, but it's it's money is a huge problem." in the field, that's not going to go away. The way people uh, examine this phenomenon or actually don't examine it and just accepting it at face value, that's not going to change either. Uh, So I don't think there's a way to fix it. I think it's just up to individual people to have integrity and have a grounded, common-sense approach to this phenomenon and do their own homework. Uh, But would that get us any answers to the enigma? I don't know. I don't think so. Because for every one person that has quality integrity and looks at this objectively, how many people don't? 10, 20, 30, 40? I don't know. It's it's almost depressing to think about it.
0: Well, um, who, who are some of the personalities? I'm, I'm going to use, again, using the term personalities or talking heads, UFO-tainers, whatever you want to call them. Who are some of the individuals that at least... Uh, uh your average person who's out there can say, okay, well maybe this person is, you know, if not squeaky clean, um y- you know, they're not rolling in it uh or at least they're, they're just a little damp at the around the ankles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um <sighs> Kevin Randall. I like Mr Randall. He's 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 viewed as a debunker now. It's bizarre. He's very willing to change his mind. He's virtually the only research I've ever heard that says I don't know, or I may have been wrong. No one else does that. No one. Else, everyone else is pigeonholed in their own belief system, their own position, and they defend that to the nth degree, regardless of what the evidence shows. Um, and he doesn't need the money. He's a retired military individual. I mean, he's he's retired. He's he's getting a pigeon from Social Security. He's fine. He, he's not. He's not making the rounds anymore of the conventions. Uh, he writes a book maybe once every couple of years. He does his podcast interviews, which he's not paid for. Uh, so his integrity is intact. Um, I, I, I don't know Peter Robbins' um, financial situation. I mean, he's he's taken a lot of flack because of what happened with Larry Warren. But that's because of Larry Warren. Larry Warren lied.
0: Oh, yeah. Peter well, Robbins, we're, we're, we're still feeling the effects of that on our YouTube channel. The flame war has been going on for over a year now between the two camps. Yeah, it's
1: bizarre. Yeah, and and the trouble with that is that, uh, did Peter make a huge mistake? Yeah, he he did believe this individual who lied to him. That was his mistake, and Peter's own up to it and stuff, but beyond that, he did nothing wrong, and Warren's the one that lied, and Warren's the one that's been character assassinating everybody else. But the trouble with that scenario is that there's a faction of UFO people in the community that are still obsessed with going after Larry Warren. Um... Okay, he lied. Let it go. It's done. Move on. Continue your research in a positive manner instead of wasting so much time on one lying person. But that's not the case. It's it's, a, it's like it's become an obsession. Uh, that's, not, that's not a good thing either. I mean, yeah, you call someone out and hold them accountable for their actions, but there comes a point where that energy needs to be focused in a positive way instead of continuing to harp on one person and a scenario that's not going to change. Um, you know, uh, the, there's... Uh, news, names pop in my head of researchers and celebrities that I would not want to advocate <laughs> their positions.
0: And you, but, you, you can't obviously say their names based on... Certain, well, I, I want to get you in trouble here.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to look biased. You know? well, there are some you know. researchers out there that, that are... Um, make more appearances on TV, on DVDs, on, uh, programs, uh, that again, make claims. And they're, they're doing the rounds at all the conventions and doing all the, all the, uh, all the, uh, presentations and writing books and making all the appearances and pretty much kind of making a living doing this. And again, is their integrity intact? I don't know. I I question that. Uh, I, I just don't know. Um, you know, it, 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 it's it's uh, what what'd you say before that that quote from ancient aliens? Uh, I already forgot it. Um, ancient aliens here say yes. Um, some of the researchers have to learn to say no. Some researchers have to say learn how to say you know I don't know. You know this case may not be grounded reality. This this test this person giving testimony they may be lying. I never hear that. I never hear. Everything's always positive. Everything's like, well, this case is yeah, that really happened. We have a UFO captured. uh, We have crash retrieval evidence that's been kept by the government. This this person testified about a UFO, and everything is accepted at face value. Um, Every civilian slash organ or slash military slash government organization that that has examined the UFO issue, whether here in the states, in Peru, in Brazil, in France, in Russia, you name the country it always comes down to only 5% unexplained, which means the vast majority, 95%, is bunk, is mundane. Yet if you listen to the average person in the UFO community, you would think that was reversed. And that's a horrible situation to be in. Um, But yeah, certain things I I never hear is very troubling. I never hear researchers say, you know, I wrote a book. uh, Peter Robbins and Kevin Randall have both said they were in error. They made mistakes. They regret certain things they did in their careers they would have done differently. They were fooled by certain people giving them testimony. They wrote incorrect information in a book and they recanted it. They corrected themselves. They admitted they didn't know. They admitted they were wrong. I can't recall any other researchers that have ever done that. And being that we're all human, including researchers and celebrities, they will make mistakes. But I don't hear anybody Admitting they made anything less than perfection in their research, um, so I'm very troubled by the community at large. Um, you know, are there are there other quality researchers and authors? I'm, I'm sure there are. Yeah, I'm not. I don't mean to paint it so negative. I'm sure there are. I know some of them personally on a personal one-to-one basis as friends, and um, uh, looking at it objectively, they're relatively grounded. I'd like them to be a little more grounded, a little more skeptical. But they're relatively skeptical. I mean, they're not—they're not accepting everything. But there's certainly a a vein of celebrities in this field that are really out there. They accept everything, and they have their fans that do the same thing. Accept everything. Um, I think of the Corey Goods of the world, the David Wilcox of the world, um, that throw so much stuff out there and is believed hook, line, and sinker that's a
0: horrible mm. situation so. which which is kind of funny because uh, what was it it was, it was kind of like on, on joe rogan experience um when he was interviewing steve tyler and steve tyler's you know was probably still as big into the uh the whole ufo thing and he, you know he's going on and it's like man it's, you know david wilcock and you know joe's just sitting there going no 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 because he did his show, Joe Rogan questions everything. Because he want you know, Joe Rogan experience started out with this giant, uh, conspiracy UFO bent, and you know he went more to the general side of things in his subject matter. Because he's like, no, it's you know, I, I forget who he was interviewing in one of the UFO shows. Um, and I'm gonna he's he's gonna kill me for for not remembering his name. He's the guy who always has the hat and the glasses, short short guy, skinny, gray hair. Kind of looks oh. like ex-military, son of a gun. Help me out here, okay? Um, crap! <laughs> oh god! I'm, I'm gonna. Um, got short glasses with a hat. Well, he, sunglasses. He usually has sunglasses on.
1: Damn, crap! I can't think of it. I am DB. DB. Help us out, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rocky. Well, Rocky's still watching. So, Rocky, if if you are watching, please help me out here. Short he looks
1: glasses, sunglasses f- with a hat. Gosh. Uh,
0: huh. okay. Let's see, there's episode the episode guide. Uh, Storyline. Really... Mm.
1: Wow. That the last well the, the one the one I the one I have saved and I watch it every so often is a Tom DeLong episode. <laughs> I thought, huh, that 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 makes her good viewing. <laughs> so, but short glasses, hat gray hair gentleman?
0: Uh grey hair gentleman. Not sure if he's. Uh, it's not Jason. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe it was Todd. No, it was not Todd. because he, he has too fine of a beard for that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> let's see, maybe no, it's not Paul H. Bill Burns. Bill Burns, apparently,
1: but he wasn't. Okay. Oh, from UFO owners, him. Was it Bill Burns? Hmm. Well, yeah, Bill, he does wear sunglasses, you know. He has bad eyes, you
0: know. Again, I could be way wrong on this. And it could hmm. be Bill Burns, and, okay. and Bill, if it is, I, I do apologize. Uh, no, no, he says, no, no, it is Bill Burns. Okay, thank you very much, Rocky. Okay. It's like, Ro- Ro- okay, I, all I need is Rocky here, and then I can tell him to pull things up. It's like, Ro- Rocky, <laughs> pull that up. Because he, he knows this stuff a lot, <laughs> a lot better than I do when it comes to names. He
1: he makes a great commentary in my group. I always appreciate his comments. So, but so I was on that show and what happened?
0: Uh, well, Joe was pressing him like they were talking in a in a parking lot, and or it was a, it was either in a parking lot, or it was in some. Uh, storage locker area that they made to look like a you know dark and mysterious place and he was asking all these questions and and you know bill would be repeating the same conventions over and over again and joe would be sitting there going well i need like well do you have any evidence it's like well there's you know there's this and this and this is it joe's like no no no, that's conjecture (laughs) do you have any evidence and you know lo and behold uh after that show he stopped doing it and he you know, pretty well stated that, no, it's, you know, it there, there's not much to it. Most of it is essentially show business. Um, and it, it's, it's like this, <laughs> you, you see individuals like, like Joe, who have been there, done that and they He talked to it. It's like, I, I just got told off by Jimmy Churchill to kind of realize the same thing that you know, Rogan had to produce an entire show for <laughs> where you, you, yeah. you learn kind of the ropes about how things are done and how things are put together. Um, yeah. Now, should people at least have fun still with the subject matter? Like, is, is, can you have fun? Is there a pro-wrestling, uh, you know, UFO-tainment that can come out of this where you're like, okay, well, you know, the, the, it's, everything is scripted, <laughs> and obviously John Cena's not hitting Randy Orton with that chair, uh, and like, will the backstage politics become more interesting than the potential cases that the experts are, are presenting?
1: I, you know, hmm. <laughs> now you're going to be stumped. And you see back in the day, I'm saying back in the day like 20 years ago, the fun in ufology for me was going to a festival and interacting with people that I knew face-to-face, old friends. We'd go get a beer at night, have some dinner, talk about whatever hot girls we saw on the on the street that night at the at the festival or whatever, and hang out and just reconnect. That was the fun part of it. But then when the presentations came, it was all serious. There was a, there was a serious... Application to looking at this stuff, um, but as time has gone on, the conferences and festivals became less about presenting actual scientific papers and more about uh, selling tickets and just making appearances. It became it became less conference and more festival. That is continues to this day. Um, so. I, so I don't. I don't know. I, I, I wish. I mean, I, I i take the I take the UFO issue pretty seriously. Um, I know some people that make comments to me, whether face to face or through text. They try to make a lie of the subject, and that just turns me off. I don't really joke about this very much. On occasion, I will, but not really, not really. I'm pretty serious about it, which rubs some people the wrong way. Um, but that's just me. But there are some individuals that take nothing seriously and it's everything's everything's in the in the in this you know, they're seeking good times they're looking for fun they're looking to just hang out and 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 be seen with a researcher be seen with a celebrity uh, get the autographs buy their book take pictures of them um i i recall uh, and and after i got uh my ill-fated attempt or ill-advised attempt to work with the local mufon group here in san antonio uh I cut all ties with all members of MUFON except for Earl Grey and a few other
0: oh, individuals girls I know also.
1: have high, yeah, I have a few individuals that have high integrity. That work with the local groups, that's fine. But I had I was uh, in contact via Facebook with four or five of the individuals that were slightly higher up the ladder with Mufon and I'm in front of them. And I, I erased them from my group. I wanted nothing to do with them. But I recall their posts were always nothing but pictures of them with other researchers and other people in their group, uh, you know, other MUFO members, just all smiling with beers in hand, and just it's all about their appearances at the at the at the uh, conferences or the festivals. It's all one big game, one big party. I never saw anybody doing any research. I never saw anything. What what's the serious aspect of this? That didn't seem to be coming up at all. Um, they were constantly, you know. Advertising the, uh, what, the MUFON cruise or something? They go on a cruise ship and you get to meet members of the higher-up op- of MUFON and publish authors. I'm like, I could care less. I don't care. I don't want to meet anybody. I want to know what the research is showing. I want to hear about the next case. I want to hear about what the evidence shows. I don't care about celebrity. That shouldn't be the focus. Um, if an individual happens to give a great presentation and has done some quality research, would I like to meet that individual? Sure, I would. A person with integrity that's done a good scientific examination of this phenomenon. Sure, I'd like to meet that person face to face and pick their mind, pick their brain. If they haven't assigned their book, I'm cool with that. That's fine. You know, that's that's not that's not out of the realm of, of uh, being out of, out of line. But I mean, um, but you go to festivals now and it's a bunch of kooks, and no one's taking it seriously. And that's the way it is now. Um, That's unfortunate. So people keep asking me, you know, when are we going to find the answers to this enigma? Perhaps never. (laughs) The way the community is now, we may never know the answers, um, simply because it doesn't apply itself to the problem. It applies itself to the industry of the UFO uh, community. But it doesn't apply itself to the problem.
0: You know, this is something we probably should have done. Like, I know that I gave three examples, but I know it's not really a breakdown. Uh, You know, you've got the conferences, TVs, podcasts. Those are kind of the main three, and books. Those are the main, you know, kind of uh, criteria or verticals within the UFO community. Is this kind of an accurate, you know, uh, industry map as it were like or is there like how how is it connected as far as the revenue generation aspect
1: Uh um, i think it's 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 conferences uh <laughs> membership move on the money-making scenario um it's really conferences and then the the various platforms like dvds and movies uh, podcasts um I mean, I, I, I am, I am unaware, uh, if, uh, researchers are getting paid to do podcasts. I don't know. So, but I can't imagine they would be making much money doing that. I think it's all about book sales, appearances, appearance fees, things of that nature. That's what's, that's where the money is. Um, because you have individuals like, uh, well, Bishop Friedman used to go to all the conferences. Travis Walton does all the conferences. Linda Moulton Howe does all the conferences, uh, they're not going there for free. So there's money in it. Um, But you're right about the the way you broke down the map. Yeah, it seems to be podcast slash radio shows. Then there's book sales books. uh, That's where people get access to information. Then there's the conference slash festivals. Uh, Those seem to be the three uh, ways people get access to these individuals. Um, You know, I myself, I only appear on three shows on three programs, yours and, two other ones and um, along with your technique I I like all three of those shows because they ask me challenging questions they challenge me to defend my positions they ask me what I think and they take my opinion at face value they encourage me to tell it how it is Uh, would I be able to do that on coast to coast no (laughs) no no way I mean George Knapp and uh, George Newry. They don't challenge their guests at all in any way they perform, and I would think that uh, a radio host's job is to challenge the guest to initiate some sort of interaction, conversation. It doesn't happen, um, so people believe what's being broadcasted. They believe what they read in the books. They believe what they see in uh, presentations at conferences, and. Instead of doing their own homework, so that's kind of yeah, the kind of way the community breaks down those three aspects. It's like the three branches of government here in the U.S. And just like the government, the three branches don't really work. They don't interact. There, there's there's discord there. Um, so um, nowadays, it, it seems like, to me, and this is my opinion, the majority of individuals that are interested in the UFO issue get their information from podcasts and radio shows. Um, because books are going by the wayside. People are buying eBooks and they're getting the information on the Internet. They're not buying physical books as much as anymore. And that seems to be going... Book sales are becoming less and less and less as time goes on. And the, the issue with conferences and festivals is you have to drive or travel physically to the festival to go to attend, and a lot of these festivals are not cheap. Um, and they room, board, gas. People would just rather stay at home and listen to a podcast. And unfortunately, like a lot of researchers and presenters in these conferences, a lot of podcasts and radio shows are not challenging. They're not objective. They have an agenda and a bias that they extend, and they invite guests that go along with that agenda. They invite guests that uh, are along their line of thinking. They invite guests that... um, are kind of just vanilla, very easy to very easy to interview, and there's nothing challenging. There's only from Bassem. There's no, there's no, there's no challenging of the status quo, and that's that's troubling because it's it needs to be the entire, what, regardless of the regardless of the shape of the community, whether it's in good shape, bad shape, or the shape it is in now, which is almost in tatters. Um, there, needs to be, there needs to be challenging conversation as to how we can better ourselves. Individually and as a community. That's never talked about.
0: Um, so. Well, you know. that's one of the things that I, I know it's kind of a shameless plug, but I also got to give a shout out because, uh, you know, you look at individuals like Dave Scott at Space Art Radio and to- to- total shameless plug uh, for reality paranormal. It's, it's the second Wednesday of every single month. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, and it. I have to, okay, I got to give a shameless plug because at least I, I'm the as i said like one of the most hated people in ufology at this point i've ticked off everybody and i do it on a daily basis it's kind of fun at the same time it's also it needs to be done and i seem to be one of the only people doing it um which is sad to say and it's because i got nothing to lose so i don't get a tv deal Eh, okay but he lets people like myself on the show and basically we get two and a half hours to look at every single uh, you know incident from the perspective of a rational believer not a skeptic because you know hey there's a lot of stuff out there in the universe and we may not know all the answers but yes there is a certain assumption of it's got to be true where my assumption is well my experience tells me that people lie so i always assume bullshit and work my way forward yeah and i say okay well how is it if if i think that it's bs how would I prove it to be true? And if uh, constant analysis and testing of a potential theory always says, no, nope, it's still BS today as it was yesterday. It may be, you know, it, there's may not be much to it. So we provide that perspective and I provide it from a media uh, sociological advertisers uh, perspective, a media perspective. Whereas, you know, people like Chris Cogswell, whom uh, runs the Mad Scientist podcast, go check it out. It's available on iTunes. No, he's not affiliated with the show. I just like him because he's a nice guy yeah. and That's he's got ridiculous. some credibility. Uh, you know, we, we we bring that science and, and the, the the culture side of things to kind of uh, talk about it and no one else has done it. You're not going to get that on Coast to Coast AM. And, you know, I, George Norrie, hell man, you know, love, love him to death. I think he's he's a treasure. Yeah. Um, but you know would they ever let that 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 happen on coast to coast no would never happen
1: No. no never
0: so you know there there's that starting to change i'm noticing within the challenging of the standard narrative and at least to me that provides me a little bit of hope i would i would say so i can't be too dismissive of the potential for there to be change you know as uh, the kind of the convention goes one person's crazy two people as a movement <laughs> if if that makes any <laughs> sense yeah it does yeah. Or if you if yeah. you want to start a dance for you see one guy dancing off on his own you go join him and then all of a sudden you'll start seeing you know people join him, yep. and it yep, made that's right so i can't i can't be completely in agreement with that i don't you know that there may not be any way to fix it at the same time, it's like, yeah, there's, there's been, you know, it's gone on for too long and, and there are too many conventions that are entrenched and, you know, there's still people whom <laughs> kind of believe seances are a thing uh, and were real. And that was, yeah. completely used to bilk uh, rich Victorian people <laughs> out of money <laughs> by talking to their dead relatives.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's right. You know, so, yeah, I need to work on Davis Cox, even having me on his show. <laughs> she was plug. Right. So, well, yeah, and you're right about Chris Coswell. I mean, yeah, he good credibility and just a great work on his podcast. I mean, that's more people like him would be good. I mean, people that are going to challenge someone instead of just uh, doing the way things are done usually in this field. So, you know.
0: And then, if, and, you know, I know that we're, we're coming close to, um, uh, well, so we came close to the end of the show over an hour, like, well, not an, over an hour ago, but we, we were getting close over an hour ago, but that's fine. Uh, it just means that I've got, you know, for, for all you people who were not expecting an episode today, oh, and congratulations, your iTunes inbox is going to be just a little bit more full tomorrow morning. Uh, so... And I'm I'm trying to like lead into where I mention the our, our patrons and thank our patrons and list them off and say hey join Patreon and you know hit that hit that donate button because well the equipment doesn't pay for itself <laughs> there there is this is true there is we we do not take sponsorship on the show um I think there was one point that I was actually gonna I asked for a masonic beard oil company like it's a bunch of masonic hipsters that have a beard oil company I'm like hey man twenty bucks you know I'll mention you guys on the show I'll use the product. Uh, help a brother out and they're like yeah the ufo thing isn't really our thing i'm like okay that's understandable that was the only venture (laughs) into potential sponsorship and it completely failed um but people seem to appreciate honesty and they seem to appreciate what we're doing here and they support the show we're like public access podcasting uh for people of you know people like you (laughs) and i'm I'm not gonna appreciate that so you can go to patreon.com forward slash den of lore or just google den of lore patreon and you'll find the page it's, it's on the front page if you google us uh but it, it's individuals such as uh, uh, anthony audrey uh charles dean john uh Dormier, whom is recovering from the flu buddy get better uh t hot eclipse elizabeth ellen our den mother uh, eric eric o gary Jackie from across the pond i hope you're doing well uh joshua get some sleep man you're working hard and i know that uh it's been crazy last year but you're you're doing you're doing good work Uh, It's not going unnoticed uh mark naked for knowledge one one of my favorite patrons just because the name uh nick zed pat from brooklyn uh pat if you're ever up in canada i know uh, it's a little bit cold up here you're more than welcome to come visit or if i'm ever in new york We should get together. I'm hoping that you've been doing well and you're not working too hard. The family's doing well. Full topic, uh, Robin, Ronnie, Slowerboat, Thiago, Mrs. Fox, and Wayne. Uh, Our patrons support the show every single month for Patreon. They're the reason we can continue to do this. The show is free, but it's not free for me to be able to produce. And I think we've, like, besides the existential crisis from... Uh, Or it's you know I call the 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 late summer of 2018. We've been going strong for over two years at this point, and we're continuing to go strong, and we're still growing, um, and we're still being listened to and, and watched on a multitude of platforms. We've expanded to my own personal uh, Periscope account as well as the Den of Lore Periscope Facebook Den of Lore page as well as my page. You can follow me on Facebook directly, or go to Denoflore.com or you know the Den of Lore Facebook page. Hit like and get notifications for whenever we go live. Obviously, we do have the YouTube. Uh, We're on Spreaker live every single time we broadcast, uh, which is instantaneous, uh, as seen here on YouTube. I think there's only like a second or two delay, but we've gotten that down. And you've got. Twitch, which has been growing leaps and bounds, uh, and most of all, and first and foremost, YouTube, which has been live and lively all night tonight. Uh, Subscribe, hit the bell. I have to thank you all for joining us in this evening. William. Yes, sir. Is there anything you'd like to be able to leave the masses? Any final message, any words of wisdom, uh, anybody that you'd like to tell off, even if it's me? I will give you that opportunity.
1: No, I appreciate uh, the privilege of appearing on your show. It's always enjoyable, uh, a good, grounded, objective look at this issue and its surrounding uh, scenarios. I love this kind of the conversation. So I'm always at your service, at your disposal, and
0: uh, that's all I have to say, sir. Well, if uh, you're ever, well, it's a far ways away, babysitting would probably the only thing <laughs> to, be able to make sure I can get work done. <laughs> um, but beyond Beyond that, it's much appreciated. Uh, And again, for any questions that I have regarding the history or, you know, to be able to tell me, why is this person mad? Okay, I said that. That's right. Okay, that's why they're mad at me. Uh, It's always a a, a pleasure to be able to receive that information from you and from everyone out there. I'm going to play the outro music and see if it actually plays. Uh, Also, uh, I know that the composer or the remixer producer good friend of the show and good friend of myself for over a decade, Abe Van Dam. Uh, He has a new album out. Uh, He is not paying us for me to be able to say this. It's just because he, well, he's been slaving away. Uh, Not even slaving away. It's not playing. That's why the volume's down. Oh, he's been slaving away as a producer for a very long time. Many releases. This is his first self-produced full EP, which is out now. Go check it out. I think it's only like 10 bucks to download. I've listened to it. I like it. Uh, If you like the dark and mysterious and more industrial side of electronic music, go check it out. It's on Bandcamp and the link is in the show notes, or at least it was in the show notes. Pretty sure it was in the show notes. I'll put it back in the show notes. Uh, Next week on the program, um, I'm going to double check. Uh, We have moved a few more guests around. Uh, It may be one of two people. It may be uh, my friend Ryan, whom is an entrepreneur out of Toronto, and we're going to be talking entrepreneurship, uh, the hip-hop game, and killer robots. Or it could be George Howard, and we're going to be talking about the recent finding of the Greenland meteor impact crater and what that pretends to the Younger Dryas impact hypothesis we'll see i'll let you guys know you will you will know hopefully when i find out which will be as hopefully as soon as uh the end of the weekend after the holidays for all you americans out there happy thanksgiving do not drink too much red wine with the turkey you will go right to sleep (laughs) Uh, be kind to your credit cards for black friday that's all i got All right, ladies and gents, my name is Chris George Zuger. This has been the Den of Lore. Stay thirsty, my friends.